Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I'm the future. I am building something great in this city. What do you want, Mariam? Us. You understand what it took to build this city. We have to leave London. It's not safe. We can have it back. Vengeance only brings chaos. Chaos only costs more lives. Where did you think this would go? Polite handshakes? I'm sick and tired of killing for those people. Get it back. Whatever it takes. Get it back. Now, what you've heard there is the entirety of the dialogue from the second <laughs> series of Gangs of London. Uh, that's all episodes are available on Sky or arriving, arriving weekly on uh, Now TV on Thursdays. Rory Cashin, entertainment editor at Joe.ie, joins us once again. So it was, it, it's a hit. It's like, uh, it, the, the first series was hugely popular. It was. It was, it, like it landed right near the start of lockdown. So mm. I think it was one of the many shows that benefited from that. But it also was, I think, Sky's biggest original show for the previous five years and I think that speaks to the fact that it was aimed exclusively at adults uh, in, in a way we're looking this is a radio show because you could not have put that clip out visually uh, due to the amount of shocking violence just in the trailer mm. and that doesn't even hint towards the extremities that even the first five minutes of the first episode of this new season it is shockingly violent so prepare yourself for that but if you've seen if you've seen the first season you're kind of you're already aware of <laughs> okay. it okay is it clear you know you know that series The Boys where they they, mm. they seem to have a separate writer's room thinking of interesting ways people <laughs> can die is there a bit of that in this there, it's it, well as, as we were saying off air this con, it was co-created by Gareth Evans he directed The Raid and The Raid 2 um, which were two of the best action movies of the last few years where plot was minimal but the action was everything because it was so visceral and unique and kinetic and you were in it. It felt properly physical. It felt like proper stunt work. There was no necessarily uh, stunt doubles. There was no CGI. Uh, and it, it kind of transplants over to this as well where the action scenes are done in long long takes and they look tremendous and everyone is giving their all to every single stunt and punch and jump and shoot out an explosion. Like there was there was one episode in the first season, it was the fifth episode, which I genuinely think was the best error of action ever put on television. And that that includes Game of Thrones and everything else. This okay. was it was just pure tension and action just married together perfectly. And this is is picking up from that straight from the first. Like once they get the previously on done on the first episode, it is straight back into the action on this one as well. So don't come looking to this for plot or for a high IQ 
just prepare yourself for genuinely some of the best action that's ever been put on television. Right, okay, but there must be some sort of a plot to string all this killing together, so what is that? There is, yeah, so it picks up a year after the events of the final episode from the first season. I'm not going to spoil what happened there, but something happened. Something very important happened within the gangs of London. Okay, how many gangs are there, and are they kind of competing with each other? They are all competing with each other, and then I think there's five or six major gangs, and then there's... uh, they're called the investors they're almost puppeteers who are overseeing everything who want to maintain a a sense of chaos within London so then they're the people who come in and and kind of save the day Um, and this picks up a year after the events of the final episode of the first season there's a power vacuum and everyone's rushing in to fill that so you're seeing it from the perspectives of all the different gangs who are hoping to now come out on top as the gang of London and and oversee everything and that's basically what what where we are now for the right. season okay and 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 there's a core group of characters and so do you get characters from the different gangs or, or are you following one kind of set of people no it's it there it's spread across all the different gangs and some of them are friends and some of them are lovers and some of them absolutely hate each other and there's double crosses and triple crosses and quadruple agents and you don't know who to trust because <laughs> minute to minute you're like oh you, that, you're on his side and then it flips and it turns out no they're not and after a certain point, you kind of become numb to who's aligned with with whom. But it um, again, it it kind of doesn't matter. The speaking roles are just to get you from that incredible action set piece to this next incredible action <laughs> set piece. It's I can't overstate how how great the action is and how almost unimportant dialogue is in the show. <laughs> That's kind of dissonant, though, really, in a way. Do I mean, there's plenty of shows out there where all they do is talk. So I think yeah, it's okay. I think yeah. it's okay to have a show where you yeah. just let the action do the talking and then check your phone when the talking is doing the talking. Right. Okay. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it should be Shakespeare or anything, but like <laughs> even a rudimentary plot. Or no, are you rooting for any particular person or not? It, it will come down to your own particular who you decide deserves to come. Like, there's no one. There's no one particular good guy. Everyone is shades of grey in this. Mm. So it'll come down to your own preferences as to who you think the hero is and who you think... Now, there are obvious heroes and villains. Like, there's a brand new assassin who's dropped into the middle of everything. And he is... He's like a Bond villain that's just been plonked into the middle of this super violent action movie. And it's great because it's clear the actor playing him is having a ball playing this OTT camp assassin who is now suddenly the most dangerous man in the city. So... There are people to boo at and there are people to support, but it is just if from scene to scene, you're like, you don't want to commit, Sean, because yeah. if you do, it turns out they're a triple agent and, and you've no, yeah. you put your heart apart the wrong person. Yeah, and you feel, you, you feel you've been a fool. Like, yeah. yeah, we can't have that. Yeah, are there any, uh, like the, the, the actors in it, would, would they be known for other work or are yeah. they relatively unknown? Uh, like Michelle Fairley, I think I pronounced yeah. pronounce her name. She was uh, the mother who um, was in Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. She was... The Stark's mother, so you definitely yeah. recognize. There's one or two you're like, oh, I know them from nothing, I know them from nothing. Uh, but like the first season, uh, there's actors in this who, in the years to come, you remember, oh, this is where I was introduced to them because it's getting in a lot of young talent, it's even behind the scenes, a lot of young talent. Uh, and this is their their kind of jumping board to, for the rest of their career. Okay, all right, so okay, well then that's uh, uh, Gangs of London uh, season two. This is for boys, though. Really. Well. I, I don't want to sound sexist, anyone, anyone predisposed boys. to uh, gore and violence 
I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> whatever you're into. If you, if you enjoy it, yeah. then this yeah. is for you. Okay, uh, absolutely. Right, uh, we'll move on to our second show. It is The Peripheral. Uh, it's arriving on... Uh, on uh, uh, Actually, Amazon Prime send out uh, emails all the time saying, don't call it Amazon Prime, just call it Prime. Mm, Prime Video. Yeah, Prime Video is yeah. apparently what it's called owned by Amazon. Yes. Anyway, it's on Prime Video, owned by Amazon, on October the 21st. Here's a clip. Do you care to tell me why Mama's last Tamazine's only 10 milligrams? Step in real quick. I gotta pee. Uh-uh. Have you been swapping pills with Mama? Burton, have you been swapping pills with Mama? Jesus Christ, Flynn. You really think I'd do that? She's got a 10 milligram pill. And just that one, too. Which means you've likely not only been swapping, but stealing. So I need cash now. How much? How much you got? A thousand if I make it to the next level, which you could maybe help with. That's just one pill. Which is one day, ain't it? <sighs> and I got something big coming tonight. So we'll have the rest tomorrow. There you go. That's uh, uh, the peripheral bit of a pedigree, or potentially with this, anyway, all the people involved with it. It's William Gibson novel and all that stuff. Yeah, so William Gibson is a bit of a genius when it comes to creating sci-fi. He he coined the term cyberspace before mm. it was, you know, known that, known as that. Uh, he also was, he's kind of seen as the godfather of cyberpunk, so without his work, arguably we wouldn't have The Matrix, we wouldn't potentially have Blade Runner. There's a lot that, he's never really had much of his work directly adapted, but there's a lot of oh my this is from this is from William. You've mm. just kind of wholesale nabbed it for your own work. So he is a massive touchstone within the genre and he wrote the book that this is based on. It's been adapted by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who were the guy uh, people behind Westworld, which is another huge sci fi hit that HBO had. Um, the people you heard speaking in that clip there, that was Chloe Grace Moretz and our own Jack Rayner. Yeah. yeah. Rocking the yeah, he's going around. Good rock, accents, rock, Jack. Well done. Accents. Yeah, um, and it's to do with a couple who are paid essentially to play video games to test new video games, specifically uh, AR, augmented reality. So you put these little helmets on, and you're able to take part in in uh, brand new video games that haven't come out yet. They test them out for defaults and stuff, and a brand new one arrives. And initially, it seems really cool. It's you're you're in London, seventy years in the future. And everything, everything seems real, and it, the two of them are blown away by the realism and, and how effective it is. But, as always, with anything sci-fi, <laughs> it turns out there's a lot more to it than that, and it might not actually just be augmented reality. It might be a form of actual time travel that they've managed to dip into through a video game, which is... You know, kind of mind-bending mm. on its own. So it's it's got a bit of uh, Ready Player One, that Spielberg movie that was out a few years ago. It's obviously got a bit of The Matrix. It's got everything to do with time travel. And it's got really good production values. I was I was kind of shocked because... Uh, what's the name of it? The Rings of Power just ended yeah. last week on Prime Video. And this is essentially taking up the slot directly after. This didn't is the get first. much hype, though, did it? Nothing. Nothing. And it's it, looking at it, it is... So expensive. The production values are through the roof. It's got, as, as mentioned, it's got those two leading stars. They can't have come cheap. You've got mm. uh, the producers who, again, can't have come cheap. Looking at the footage that's already out there, it is. It, I, I can't like it can't have cost less than a hundred million just to make this first season, and I've seen nothing for it anywhere. And it's out in three days, four days. So I, I'm that's fine, so I'm odd. Yeah, I wonder if Prime Video are banking on people having signed up for the subscription to see Lord of the Rings, forget to cancel it, 
And mm-hmm. now they've got this new show, The Peripheral, that's going to tease them on for the next eight to ten weeks. And that's kind of how they're effectively keeping their subscribers, is we don't need to promote it because essentially the Lord of the Rings show was our promotion and people are already on. And if they come back on and go, will I cancel it? Oh, what's this new show? The Peripheral. I think it's a very interesting, very expensive test of advertising. Gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's... So you, it's unique in in like just I've just noticed how how quiet they've been about it and again they've got a, a proper review embargo for it up until this Thursday and we, you and I spoke about how review embargoes can be either for something terrible yeah. or f- something full of secrets now the last thing I have forgotten what it was but it turned out too terrible I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember thinking I was like I must tell Sean that yeah. the embargo was in place because uh, it was it was no good so I'm hoping that once this has done its full run. That, that this won't be the same case. But from what I've seen so far, it is impressive. It will definitely please fans of Westworld. It will definitely please fans who who like to see kind of big, expensive, like movie quality, like big screen movie quality scripts and actors and, and again, set pieces. Everything in there is, is, is top tier. Yeah. But I am curious to see how it will land with absolutely no promotion behind it. Well, you can, it wouldn't necessarily be the same. A Rings of Power audience wouldn't necessarily want to watch this. Not necessarily. I think it's it's a bit of a punt in that, like, Rings of uh, Rings of Power was uh, fantasy and this is sci-fi. It's hard mm. sci-fi. So there is, like, a, a little crossover in that Venn diagram, but it's not a direct like-for-like. Like. So, like, maybe it'll pop up and people go, I recognize those two famous people. And it will say very blatantly from the makers of Westworld. So it will push yeah, on the app. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But again, it'll be interesting to see how, how it lands once it's done. Did Rings of Power uh, um, fulfill the expectations for it, or at least Prime Video's expectations <laughs> of it? I think the numbers were really good in the end for them. I, uh, like, I'm not sure it matched or continues to match House of the Dragon. Mm. Um, I don't. Yeah, have you seen the most recent House of the Dragon episode? Uh, no, there was one that uh, went out this morning. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Uh, all right, I won't spoil anything, but okay. it is, it's the best one so far. Okay, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> because it was, it was a little slow. Now, in the, in the last episode, it kind of seemed to speed up a bit. Yes. Uh, 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 the last kind of episode and a half, it seemed to speed up a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it, There's a lot happening in House of the Dragon lately. And for uh, Rings of Power, <clears throat> the first five episodes were... So slow, mm. so so slow, and then all of a sudden everything happened in the last three episodes. So, if you are thinking of getting into Rings of Power, it is worth kind of making your way through the the really slow first five hours for that magnificent payoff at the end. Um, is so, it yeah. a magnificent payoff? I, I mean, it's spectacular, it but it, but no. In terms of like, there was two central questions. I'm trying not to be spoilery mm. here. Who was the good person? Who was the bad person? <laughs> was it really much of a shock when that revelation came in the final episode? Not, not well. The bad person was a bit of a sh- was it was, was slightly a bit more shock shocking, but the good person, ah, come on, I you know, I'm still fifty fifty on on who we've actually landed on who the good person is. All oh, right, you think they might swap it around? I have an idea. I have a I have a I have a theory. That uh, I, I was was like, oh, I wonder if it's. Uh, we, it's just tough to talk about on air. Yes, yeah, it. indeed. We oh no, but I love theories <laughs> about those things. I, I, you have to hang around and tell me that during the ad break. Right, our final show is uh, the sound of 007. Uh, it's a documentary. It's uh, available to watch on Prime Video right now. Here's a clip. The Bond theme has been in our lives for as long as we can remember. You know, you're in the womb. What do you hear? The heartbeat and the Bond theme. 
when Bond does something typically Bond-esque, then there's really only one piece of music you can play. James Bond, the character, doesn't spend a lot of time talking about what he's doing or how he's feeling. So the music has always had to kind of give you a sense of what's going on within Bond. The adrenaline, the tension, the joy, the anxiety. You hear the Bond theme and it gives you that shot in the arm. You never hear James Bond singing a song. That's uh, something he's never done. <laughs> so how many um, Bond themes have there been? Is this about like the, the person who's chosen to sing the song for every new Bond movie? Or is it just about the kind of that the, the we heard a lot of that music there already? That's It's actually both. So yeah. it goes from it, it's a lot to do with the particular theme songs. So there's been 25 of those to date, official ones. And then there is a lot of the, the music from you know, back in the 60s to all the way up to the latest scores that were created by like Hans Zimmer mm. for No Time to Die just last year. So if you are a Bond fan, uh, which a lot of people are, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a Bond song fan, then I cannot recommend this enough. The only problem is it's actually not long enough. It's it's not even an hour and a half all said and done. And this is considering the wealth of information that people must have access to for, for all of the Bond stuff that's come before this could have very easily been like five, six, seven, eight hour long documentary. God, yeah. Just to play all the songs would have taken just, that long. Yeah, or yeah. just to like potentially speak to all this still living performers and maybe go through the archive of everyone who's, you know, done it before. So, like my favourite one, and I know everyone has drawn a different favourite one, I love the Cheryl Crow one, uh, Cheryl Crow one, uh, mm. Tomorrow Never Dies. I think that's a fantastic one. But <laughs> I've forgotten she'd even done one. <laughs> but you don't really have a favourite one. No, I don't. No, it doesn't really, you know. You know, I don't have a thing uh, about it. I, 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 I remember Paul McCartney did one. He sure did, yeah. Yeah. Live uh, and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Uh, which is all very big and poncy and orchestral. Yeah, Duran Duran. Uh, uh-huh. They all, God, they all yeah. had a go at it yeah. over the years and like even up to recent, like Adele and Sam Smith. Mm. So I think it is a Madonna. How, yeah. how could one forget that Madonna Die Another Day song? Right. Well, this one did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it, like, it is interesting to see it through the years how the Bond themes have never really changed but still managed to mirror whatever is kind of a popular sound at the time by mm. you know by choosing Madonna going a bit more electric or by doing Adele who brought back the old school bombastic romance or uh, even last year Billie Eilish is is all over this as well and she has the minimal kind of pop sound that had uh, that was all over no time to die uh, and it's just it's really interesting to see through the years how Bond has changed uh, through the lens of his music because you can see it as well that Bond as an icon is not the same as who he was 60 years ago when he launched in Dr. No, uh, Dr. No in 1962 to very different to who he is uh, as Daniel Craig recently and who he might be next time. In the future. Whoever yeah. that person will be. Mm-hmm. That'll be it. Do you have any theories about that? I have people I'd like to see it be but mm. I, I think uh, John Boyega would do a fantastic job but I'm not sure. Yeah, interesting one. Yeah, because they're, they're hung up on how old the Bond has to be because they want to get a few years out of them. They do. So they have to be kind of 30 in order to do like five movies because they space them out quite irregularly. Yeah. So, but if they, even if they get someone in at 30, they could be 
45, 48 by the time they're done. And by that point, you still want to be jumping off speedboats and doing bungee jumps and stuff. I don't know. You might. I guess. Some people are like that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Rory, thanks a million for coming into us. That was Rory Cashin there, entertainment editor at Joe.e. The three shows Rory was telling us about, uh, that one there, The Sound of 007, that's uh, available to watch on Prime Video uh, right now. We were also talking about uh, The Periphery. That comes uh, to again to Prime uh, Video uh, on October the 21st. That's this Friday. And Gangs of London Season 2, all episodes are available now on Sky or they arrive weekly on Now TV. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. I'm going to take a break. After that, get brain cells to play video games. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.